Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Deep Cuts Live. I'm your host, Antoine Reed, and today's guest is someone I've actually known for a while since I've been on the media side of the cigar industry. It's Lisette Perez Carrillo. Um, like I said, somebody I've known for a while, actually, when I first started writing in the industry, I think she was actually the first uh, subject that I had to write about. So I'm looking forward to kind of looking back on the times that we've uh, interacted and also talking about what's going on right now with EP Carrillo and her life and also what's uh, coming up ahead in the future for the um, brand. So let me bring her on. What's that? How are you? I'm good. And you? I'm doing well. Like I was telling people, I've been a little bit uh, uh, nostalgic lately by looking back. Uh, I think I'm on like year 11 uh, media wise, which just mm -hmm. seems like forever. And I never thought I would last this long in this industry <laughs> doing this stuff. And now, um, you know, six years where I am now. And like I said, 11 years total, if I make it to uh, November, I think so in the industry. And I was looking back, and I'm sure you remember this, but the first mm -hmm. time when we did this, I remember me and Ben Stimson speaking about who should we put on the cover to launch this magazine. And your name came up and we did this whole interview with you. And that was my first time writing. So I had no idea how to write a story in this industry. So for people who want to kind of see, it's just like a Q&A basic format. And uh, I know like every time I think back, I'm like, oh my gosh, I was like, I'm sure the set thoughts like crazy asking some of these questions. No, no, you're one of the greatest, uh, one of the greatest uh, guys out there. And, uh, you know, we love talking with you and, and I know you've done this with my dad. So, uh, I, I, I did not know that was your first, so flattered <laughs> <laughs> and, and you did a great job. Well, thank you so much. Um, like I said, I'm excited to have you on. You're one of those people. I know when I first started doing deep cuts, uh, David came, you know, sent me an email and said, you know, I want, you know, would you be willing to have somebody from EP Carrillo on? Like, you know, there's Lissette. And I was like, I know who Lissette is. It's like, and there's like, you know, and. Ernesto and I haven't decided which one will be on yet. And, you know, Ernesto came on and which was great. And I, you know, I was flattered because it was way back in the day when we were doing this on Instagram live, which is crazy to think about now. Yeah, it looks so, beautiful. Your setup looks great. Oh, well, thank you so much. Coming from like the marketing genius that you are, like that's a, <laughs> a big compliment. Like I said, cause it's gone through some, definitely some growing pains over the years. So uh, I'm glad that it's, kind of to this level and definitely looks a little bit more professional than Instagram live. But, um, Beautiful. you know, back to you, like I want people to get to know you during this um, hour that we have together and get to know what you bring to EP Carrillo, because I've known, you know, you were, my, like I said, my first real introduction to the industry and in that, you know, I thought I was like, well, every brand must have, you know, all these like prominent women and female figures up, up high up. And then as I started working, I did learn that women have a big part of the industry, but it was rare for them to kind of even be known. Like you have to like really do your research or they were relegated to the factories. So um, knowing that, that you are up there and like you've been beside Ernesto making these number one cigars and number two cigars of the year. Um, I think it's just a big deal and just like something that we need to, to kind of have more highlight on. And so I hope to, 
after people listen to this interview, they kind of get to know you a little bit more as well um, and what you um, personally kind of bring to the brand. Mm -hmm. um, so I thought a good place to start was probably the beginning. Um, tell people before you came, well, before I guess even EP Korea was even creative, what were you doing? What kind of brought you into the industry? Well, um, I am very uh, lucky, I guess, to have been born into the industry. Uh, I'm already a fourth generation and uh, we go back uh, from, from Cuba uh, where my great grandfather uh, was said selling uh, what are called like penny cigars. And then my grandfather, uh, my, my dad's father, uh, had his own uh, brand, which was La Gloria Cubana in Cuba. And unfortunately, uh, that was confiscated and uh, he was no longer able to produce that there. My grandmother also, and this is uh, the basis of her being on the La Historia band and the Encore band and the Pledge band, um, my inspiration to have uh, created, a, I guess, that, that look for those lines is a um, wonderful woman. And apart from that, she actually also um, was in tobacco. They had farms. So I come from a, a very, uh, I guess, tobacco-oriented um, background. And I was born into it. So ever since I was very young, I would uh, be in the factory and, you know, run around and kind of just um, not really knowing, you know, how special it was. Uh, a lot of kids might have parents that, you know, are policemen or police women or, um, you know, work at a store or. But for me, I didn't know that it was that different. I, back then, there were not as many uh, tobacco companies out there. And. It was just something very special. I would put the bands on the cigars, uh, put the cellophane uh, with my mom after school. I'm talking about like when I was four or five years old and I kept doing it. Um, I entered the customer list with our first um, computer. And to me, it was kind of, you know, that's what you just do on Saturdays when you're 11. You know, you kind of <laughs> go to the factory. And I remember going in the humidor. And I love the design of those boxes. And I would kind of wonder, you know, who drew this? And, you know, I had this woman, um, you know, on the box. And I would wonder, you know, who is she and, and who drew this? And, you know, as a child, I don't really, you know, remember thinking too deep into it. But I would, like, create my own stories. And the rollers, you know, they were um, Cuban rollers who were very proud of, uh, of their trade and, you know, they'd sit there and talk and there was the, the traditional method of reading the newspaper and and all of these other other all of these other things that maybe people might think, oh, is that real? Is it a myth? It's real because I was there and was able to, you know, to live all of this. So it's all been very, very special um, for me to have lived that. So um, came a time where I had to decide, you know, do I leave to college or do I uh, stay in Miami? And that was a very big decision for me. And um, I have no regrets. I kept working in the factory while I was going to college. I finished college a little bit early and I was able to spend full time there. But then I had to make a bigger decision, which is, you know, do I go to law school uh, in New York or do I stay in the factory? And uh, it was not as difficult <laughs> that time around of a decision. So. Basically, I did end up going to law school um, and it was a wonderful experience. And I remember sitting there and everyone would go around the class and say, oh, what do you want to do with this law degree? 
And there I was, well, I'm going to go back to Little Havana and, you know, help run the factory. And everyone's looking at me at, like, <laughs> what is she talking about? Why is she even doing this then? So I stayed in New York for a little while. Um, and then um, we sold the company. Um, at some point that La Gloria Cubana, we sold it. Um, and my dad stayed on board, but obviously, you know, I, I didn't have the option um, to do that. I went to work for a law firm there and then we sold that company. Eventually, um, uh, while I was in law school, we sold La Gloria Cubana. I'm sorry, I already said that, but I'm trying to like really go back to that moment. And it was very difficult, I guess, for our family because it was just something that was always a part of us. You know, it was kind of like this bond, you know, our, our, our company. But looking back as well, there were no regrets. Um, I don't think we ever would have had that opportunity, you know, being a small mom and pop shop. When I went to law school, um, my dad actually uh, set up a factory in Dominican Republic because our orders were just, you know, phenomenal. It was just incredible what happened when Cigar Aficionado took an interest, you know, in, in who he was and who we were. And uh, mm -hmm. I guess to make a long story short, you know, I came back to Miami while he was still working for the company that bought us. Uh, he stayed on like a consultant type. And as time went by, we had to make a decision again, right, whether he was going to stay or whether he, uh, my brother and I were going to start a new company. And I remember sitting down in Virginia. We had a meeting with them and talking about, you know, what's going to be the future. And my dad's just kind of like, are we going to do this or not? I mean, obviously, it was a dream of his that he never really wanted to pressure us, but we did it. Uh, so here we are now, uh, many years later, uh, 13 years later, and it's been it's been an incredible ride. Um, a lot of hard times. Uh, we assumed uh, right from the beginning that everyone was going to know Ernesto Perez Carrillo. And there was a whole generation of smokers that weren't that aware of, you know, who he is or our, our story. So we had to work really hard. Um, and even to this day, you know, there's just so many innovations, which we think is wonderful. You know, all new people exploring what it is, you know, the cigars and, and tobacco and, and all of the different options out there. So we're very, we're very, we feel very lucky and I guess, um, you know, blessed in a way that, so many smokers are enjoying our cigars because there's just so many options out there. So we're humbled by that. And, and my dad just keeps, keeps working and working to just, you know, get it right. Even after all these ratings, he's still, you know, wanting to get better and better and better. I know from covering your father, um, he, he does attribute you and your brother to convincing him to go in the direction that he did. Cause he, I think at one point he told me that, you know, he just wanted to make cigars for other people. Like it was just the thing he just wanted to make cigars. And he was like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that and, and your brother were like, he said, you two were the ones who kind of said, no, you need to like make your own brand, like go into like make this a family business. And he said that the only way he was going to do it was with if you two were like completely invested in in. Is that is that how yes. you remember it going? Yes, yes, absolutely. I mean, at that point, I was uh, I was pursuing, you know, my legal career. Uh, and my brother had uh, worked for two very um, prominent um, business uh, organizations. But, you know, we weren't kind of that equipped to uh, run a company. Uh, even after 
all of the years that we might have spent studying and, and working in other companies and, and whatnot, uh, it took a lot to, to uh, figure it out. I remember my brother and I uh, at the beginning just sitting down and saying, you know, who's going to do what? You know, um, my brother was, do you want to do marketing and I do sales or how do we even do this? And what about, you know, the accounting or the, well, the legal was easy. I mean, it was obvious who, who was going to handle that part. And then my dad is, was going to handle just the blending and the factory part. And we were going to help there too. So it's, it's just been a wonderful uh, journey and so many, you know, beautiful things have happened through the years. We feel, like I said, even though this goes back generations uh, in this industry right now, there's just so many good cigars out there that we're happy that, you know, so many people are enjoying ours. So besides figuring out who was going to do what in the beginning, what was the biggest challenge to getting EP Carrillo started? My dad wanted to make a cigar that was different than what he was known for. That worked for us in some ways and in other ways, not so much. A lot of people wanted, you know, the Ernesto you know, right. style. Right. So once we realized that, uh, we had to, I guess, start from scratch and start coming up with uh, new ideas, going back to some of those roots. So it was just figuring it all out in the beginning. I think the first few years was uh, a very big learning curve for us. And I think that we figured it out and we're still figuring it out. This industry is fun like that. There's always something where you think, oh, we figured this part out. Oh, no, but we really didn't do that right. Or we did this really, really well, but we didn't do this so well. So it's just, it's just you know, a learning process. And I know when people think of E.P. Carrillo, they think of an Ernesto, they think of the big green gauge. And they always say you all were the ones who really created that trend in the industry, which really has picked up over the years. Like when you think of EP Carrillo, though, do you think of, you know, big ring gauges or like what what's the first thing that comes to mind for you? Our Perez Carrillo lines, uh, the La Historia, Encore, Pledge. And I think a lot of smokers out there don't necessarily know that we make inch or we make Perez Carrillo, and then that we also make EP Carrillo. So that's somewhere where you're talking about challenges that we still face is we have, we had to uh, streamline our portfolio uh, quite a bit because we wanted to maintain, you know, production and obviously our quality is, is very important to us. So we are focusing mostly on producing the inch, uh, the Perez Carrillo lines, and then the New Wave Connecticut and the Dusk. So I guess that for me, EP Carrillo is all of that. But when you talk about the heart, the, you know, the soul of, of the company, it's our Perez Carrillo lines. For me, that doesn't mean that's what it is for everyone else. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, you know, for what cigar line kind of comes to mind to you? I know that you've worked on so many alongside Ernesto and come up with the marketing and branding, which one stands out to you the most or has the most significance to you? 
La Historia. And that's because that was the first time where I was intricately involved in the design of the, of the line. And I worked with a local artist and we figured, uh, we figured out that actually painting the Vista and the band was going to be something where I could actually sit there and talk him through ideas. My grandmother in the background, Pinar de Rio, where she grew up behind her, and then the movement towards the present and the future where I'm on the other side with uh, the Freedom Tower behind me and the water and Miami. And my father, when he was working on that blend, he had been working on it for a few years at that point, he felt that if his mother's face was on a band that it had to be something else. So that was a lot of pressure. There were a lot of samples made. We'd sit here and try them and he'd look around and just wonder. And then we were kind of ready to go. And he said, no, I can't, it's not ready. And there you go, another, another year <laughs> uh, just working on it and working on it. And that was the first time where I actually figured out how to market uh, a cigar line. We would do, uh, we, didn't, we didn't really have these deep pockets back then or anything where we have a whole team. It was basically me and maybe some of the people at the office helping me out. So we would do these videos that really weren't that good, but it was a thought that counts, I guess, because it got people's attention and the blend was phenomenal. So it was good that we waited and then with the rating that we received, uh, that really just kind of created an enthusiasm uh, for us to really just keep keep pushing, keep pushing and, and, and you know, wanting more and, and just wanting to get more attention, I guess, from, from consumers to find out more about us. Uh, at that point, we had released other lines, but though that was the one that did the best with along with the inch because there were a lot of um, smokers out there that know my dad for producing, like you said, the big ring gauge cigars. The design of the inch packaging didn't help us communicate that it was being made by E.P. Carrillo. If you remember the packaging, it's very simple, but what's most prominent is inch. Mm -hmm. And... Like I said, these were ideas where we got a ruler and my brother was like, this ruler is really cool. What can we do with it? And then my father's like, well, let's call it inch because the 64 ring gauge is a true inch. And it things were like that. It's kind of like we were just figuring it all out. You know, as we went along, it was it was a true um, family endeavor. There were no outside forces saying, oh, you need to do this or that. It was it was just us just here in our office and in the factory, figuring it all out. And the inch is still one of our best sellers. So that's why I'm very happy uh, about the about the new release that we're gonna be talking about a little bit more later. Yeah, and when you tell the story of like La Historia and such, um, it makes me think of what, you know, Deep Cuts is all about and what we've discussed with other companies, which is the importance of the story behind the brands, behind the different creations, the blends, and how that sometimes gets lost in today's industry a little bit. I don't know if you feel like that's the same way, but it feels like sometimes you get a press release and there's no story behind the blend of the brand. It's just, here's here's the wrapper binder filler. 
here's the MSRP, you know, here's a quote, buy it. <laughs> and then you don't hear yeah. it, like, in your opinion, being in a position that you are, you know, how important is the story today to a product like a cigar? I think a lot of cigars uh, are marketed well without necessarily having a deeper story, which might work for some. It just wouldn't work probably for us. There's mm -hmm. uh, a lot of um, owners of companies that go out and do a lot of events. My dad's in the factory most of the time. I do some events, but we're not out there as much as maybe we'd like to be because we're relatively small. So I'm here. I have to do a lot of, you know, a, a lot of daily obligations. My brother's here. My dad's in the factory a lot. So we have a wonderful team that goes out and does events, but there's not that face face of the company, right? A lot of people will come to me and say, oh my gosh, I saw your videos and I saw this. It's so great. So I might be the face. You know, other people know my dad, so he might be the face. So you get it. So it's like all of these, I guess that there's different uh, options with us where some brands are just that. And that could be the story. It mm -hmm. could be a story about, you know, someone that wanted to start a cigar company. That was his dream. And will go and make a cigar in, in another factory and make a great cigar. And that's the story, you know, the dream. And it's just different stories. But at least with us, as with some other uh, companies out there, it is, uh, it is something that's been with us for years and years and years. And a lot of times, you know, that that has a lot of, you know, sweat into it. And we feel that it's something very special about us. What is the typical day like for you? Well, <laughs> it starts probably like 530 in the morning sometimes. Uh, go through all the emails, uh, you know, check on the international side if anything's going on, uh, making sure that you know, everything's happening when it's supposed to be happening because there's so many delays with, with packaging, for example, uh, going through all of my different marketing campaigns and trying to figure out whether all the pieces, you know, are falling together. Then um, basically just work a lot, <laughs> it's, you know, but it's fun. It's like my kids always tell me like, geez, you're like a workaholic, right? And I say, well, it's, it doesn't really feel like work to me. It feels just mm -hmm. like fun. Uh, so it's just nonstop, you know, a bunch of, a bunch of calls and, and just getting things done and just getting excited about what's the future, looking into new releases, limited products, uh, just thinking all the time. And it's just, uh, I, I always feel, I always tell my kids, you know, I'm really, really lucky to be able to do this. Um, what is the factory like? Because, you know, I thought I was going to be able to go to Pro Cigar this past year, but things just got completely crazy and I had, couldn't go, but uh, I've always wanted to see your factory and see what the life, you know, can you, I know it's hard to probably describe it to people to kind of probably have to be one of those things you have to be there to kind of experience it for yourself. But what is the factory, you know, like, like, is it crazy? Is it, I mean, no, I'm, it's, I'm, I mean, I, firstly, I love, I love Dominican Republic. Uh, I think the people there are wonderful and, uh, you know, my dad has an apartment there and he has someone who comes and sometimes um, she works in the she works in the factory. She cleans up and makes the coffee and she's wonderful. It's almost like part of part of the family. Her name's Anna. 
So she'll usually greet us with like a meal at the house or like fresh fruit. And she just is so passionate about what she does, you know? And then, so that's so welcoming when, when you get there to just have someone that it's almost part of your family. And I know that maybe she's not rolling the cigars, but it's just kind of very telling how someone is so dedicated, right? Even at the level of just making coffee or um, making sure that we're comfortable or that we have water or, you know, do we want to order lunch? So the reason I start with her is because I think that that tells a story just in and of itself, the, the passion and the love that is there. It's just something that's in the air. So when you walk the floor, it's quiet. Uh, there's music, definitely, but it's quiet. And everyone's focused on what they're doing and working in pairs. Then you have the packaging over to the right side. Same thing. Everything is done with such you know passion and meticulous nature. Uh, then you go further to the back and you have the fermentation area. You have the aging room. You have the sorting. And all of these, uh, you know, my daughter went with me last time and she has uh, published beautiful reels. Um, she's one of our newer uh, Instagram uh, contributors or content creator, I guess is the, is the modern phrase for it, right? And she's doing a great job. And it was the first time that she, she's 16 now. It was the first time she walked down because she wanted to. And that was a great feeling for me. She really wanted to. She's like, and she's asking to go back already. So uh, that's a very good sign. And it shows, uh, you know, how, how good we feel there. And, you know, there's been people there that, that, you know, ask us, you know, how's everything? How's the family? How's your mom? How's, it's just, it's just like a family. Uh, and it's a place where I feel very good. I guess it's the best way to, uh, to describe it. It's a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, rollers uh, and they seem very happy i ask them about their background what got them interested and there's a uh, quite a few that have been with us for many many years so like i said it's uh you definitely have to visit when you're when you're there it's cool because i think the last time we spoke i think i asked you the question you know did you want your children to get involved in the business did they have any interest in you i think at that time you were like they haven't shown an interest yet, but maybe, you know, maybe, they, maybe they will. Yeah, my son's still, my son's 19 and he, he has not, but my daughter has. So um, we'll see. It's definitely a great way to spend time with them. Mm -hmm. I mean, I spent so much time with my dad at work and then personally, and I always think, geez, I want to do something like this so that when my kids are older, you know, we could just be hanging out and just getting things done. I think that's a cool question too, which is what is it like working with your father? Now he had nothing, you know, he, he, he said that, you know, I think when he was on deep cuts back in 2020, he said, you know, you all have some spirited debates sometimes, but oh, yeah. It, yeah. It, it ends, it all ends well. And, you know, you all come out on top and the debates kind of produce some of the best material and the best uh, cigar releases that you can imagine. So from, from your perspective, what is it like working with your father? So, yes, there have been some fun debates and some not so fun debates. Uh, I, I know a lot of times, you know, I've learned one of the things I've learned over the years is that we don't all think the same way and that our background and what we've lived contributes significantly. Uh, I have a degree in psychology as well, a graduate degree. 
Uh, and I, not a lot of people know that. And sometimes my, my brother will say, well, in psychology, what does this mean? Or sometimes <laughs> I don't know. I mean, right. It's like, it's not, but, but looking back, um, I realized that the way someone might perceive something is not necessarily the way I would perceive it. And I think being, um, the child of a master blender, right. Uh, comes with its perks and then also comes with its challenges. A lot of times, for example, we'll be having a conversation and he'll get a little bit frustrated with me. For example, I'll give you an example. When we're going to market something, he'll say, oh, so-and-so has a great story. So-and-so's story. And I'm thinking to myself, My, our story is a true story, right? I'm, no, it's not a created story. It's the true story. I think of the story, right? So he's like, yeah, but maybe that story or the name Pledge, for example. I'm not sure about that name. And I'll just be like, oh, gosh, here we go again. Like, I'm very sure about the name. I am very sure because of the story that, you know, goes behind what Pledge is. So for me, the Perez Carrillo series has been like a succession, right, of different ideas and different stories that all are true. And they are the inspiration behind, I guess, the creation of each of them. So what I did with Pledge was that I put it up for a vote. So to, to calm you know, any, any controversy, we, we did a vote with consumers where they picked the name Pledge out of three names. So I took care of that one, but that happens all the time. So this is kind of like, you know, we're releasing something else or a packaging idea. And that's one of the, the, the challenges, but it's not necessarily a bad thing because we learn from each other and we learn how we think, right? Or sometimes we'll be having a conversation and I ask him a few questions and then he'll say, but he said, you're not, you know, in a courtroom, you're not in the courtroom. You can't always think that this is a deposition or this and that. So then I try to yeah. think, okay, maybe he's right about that one. Maybe I need to, you know, take kind of like take a different approach there. So we evolve and we change, and obviously, I go back to my old way sometimes. So does he. So does my brother. But we make it happen. And those moments where we know that we're onto something good, it's incredible. It's an incredible feeling. And then when we're a little stressed out about something, uh, because all of us are really perfectionists here in what we do, uh, and we try and we cross over a little bit, you know, like oh, this blend or oh, this marketing uh, campaign or oh, this sales idea. But as long as we do it respectfully, and that has happened for the most part, we're in good shape. And then like everything else, um, we might be at a family dinner and we're all thinking, do we talk about this? Because everybody gets bored if we start going in that direction. Like my son said, oh, I'll go on this. We just went on a, on a trip recently. He said, I'll go on this. But if you and Theo, who's my brother, are just gonna start talking about cigars the whole time, right? Then you guys sit in the corner and then let us, because honestly, like, it's all you guys talk about is cigars. So then it's like that, you know, we just catch ourselves and, and try to try to make everybody happy. But at the same time, we always do kind of, you know, say a thing or two here and there. We're just really passionate about it. And speaking of cigars, um, I mean, as a company that's one, been recognized by Cigar Aficionado several times and have come up on top of that, their top 25 and several other magazines and media publications always recognize you all. What is that like? Like, does that create pressure? Because I know I asked this question to Ernesto. And he said, yeah, it does create some pressure. But, you know, you all can kind of get through it. What 
what pressure do you feel when you know you all are thinking about these new releases like do you, do you start thinking like is this going to be a, another cigar aficionado number one cigar or or do you just think we just need to make a cigar and if they like it they like it if you know people don't and we move on to the next release we we do we do strive to make a cigar that the consumer is going to love not just like so it is a lot of pressure and currently we're dealing with a situation like that where we're smoking samples uh consistently and it is so much that goes into it uh we ask many people it's not just us it's not just my dad we take uh, opinions of everyone into account obviously because it's important that the team uh can contribute also uh, retailers or or friends that we might give the, the different cigars to. So in the end, what matters the most is that we make a cigar that people love. And if they don't love it, yeah, it hurts. <laughs> so I can't <laughs> say. So it's not necessarily, uh, we try to get it right. Uh, so it's not necessarily, we love the ratings, obviously. And uh, mm -hmm. because that's a show to us of, of of something kind of um, where where it'll allow others to learn about us. Does that make sense? Like, you know, you might have people who are fans of this line or that or this brand or that brand, and a rating it gives us, uh, I guess, attention to the extent where someone who might have not smoked a pledge is now going to smoke a pledge, and someone who might have never smoked a La Historia is going to say, "Wow, look." You know, Pledge just got number one. Maybe Astoria got it a few years back, but let me try it. And and they do kind of help, you know, lift lift lines that are a little bit on the older side. And same thing with the big ring gauge smokers. You know, that one hasn't gotten ratings, but my dad loves making them. So he's true to what he feels, you know, he's really good at because what we're trying to do is make cigars that, that people love. And to go off of that, I know you all have been busy working on several different things in recent months and weeks, I guess, leading up to PCA. So I wanted to talk about some of the, what you've been working on. And I know we have some visuals here um, to facilitate that. Let me set that up. So I guess we could start here with the redesign. Yes, absolutely. So the redesign came about because we we've, uh, we released the Inchline 10 years ago and we wanted to release uh, something with a different look. So we came up with the Inch Nicaragua and this was inspired by a ruler that my brother saw. So he sees a ruler that looks older, more like a vintage ruler and we put, we put these ideas together and we have a wonderful designer. His name's Dennis. So we, we send the, the, the ruler image and then he works his magic. It came out so well that we started thinking, wait, it's kind of like a 10 year remodel, right? Why not make them all look like that one? Instead of having the inch Nicaragua, which we're making with the Placencia factory, my dad blended it and we had a wonderful experience with them. Wonderful group, incredible group. Um, he's been over there several times and felt great there as well. 
we felt, I'm looking at them and I'm thinking, so if I'm slow at it, I'm sorry, but it's just like looking at them makes me very happy because I know the story behind um, how we got there. Then going along, going along, there was something with the packaging that just didn't make sense yet. You know, it was kind of like the white and this, and this is not necessarily how it all started, but it's close to it, but it was missing something. And earlier in the year, we hired a marketing firm and Gabe, who was part of the marketing firm, was here with us and basically said, I know, I know what you guys aren't seeing, the, the inch with the black background and the white. Let's make this pop, right? And it, and it was, inc- I'm just kind of like, wow, how, you know, the way, like I said, people's background, you know, the creativity, the differences in our own lives, like to lead us to something. And he just goes on his computer, blah, 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 shows us that we're just like, Oh my God, that's what it was missing this whole time. And that's what it was missing. You go back to the drawing board because we already had, right? The prototypes we already had. And most people would say, look, you know, a business is about making money, right? Like if you do this, you're going to make less money. It doesn't matter. We did it. Even if it took us longer to get it out, even if there was, you know, this huge delay that might've cost us, you know, who knows what, <laughs> but in the end, the product itself, that the way it looks is it's just, we know everything that went behind picking that yellow color, right? Picking that red, that tone of red, making sure that black was going to work um, with the Maduros. Everything that goes into it was thought out, was, was discussed. And I'm talking about over months. So I'm very proud of this. And, and what we hope to achieve with this, as you could tell, even this one, like the little logo, um, our box maker was kind enough to, to do a smaller version of it. So these are not necessarily final, final, but they're very close to it. It's because we wanted to also implement the logo more. See how in the middle it says EP Carrillo over the inch Nicaragua. This was also something that Gabe came up with where putting that EP Carrillo there some people might just say, oh, yeah, we knew E.P. Carrillo made inch. A lot, of, a lot of people don't. So it's kind of like, well, E.P. Carrillo makes the Perez Carrillo lines. They also make inch. So it's all about trying to, you know, get that brand knowledge out there and then have that, you know, as our umbrella for, for all of the cigars that we make so that everyone starts associating, you know, our lines more with that whole E.P. Carrillo. So we're re- very proud. We like the colors. We think it pops. And interestingly enough, you know, the, the vintage ruler works well, but it has a more modern feel to it, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's that's where all the artists come in and, and make, you know, our ideas come alive. So it gives me great joy. And and now the Inch Nicaragua is, uh, we'll be taking uh, orders at the PCA for this. And we're super excited about it. Uh, we recently, we had smoked a lot of the samples that came in and we're very happy with it. But the more recent uh, samples, the ones that we got now for the trade show, were phenomenal. It's probably just you know those those few months of aging that that just it took it. It was it was incredible before, and now it's just at a whole different level. So we're super excited um, for for everyone to try this, and we encourage uh, non big ring gauge uh, smokers to try this as well. My my father makes a cigar. Uh, with with the idea that someone who is not a big fan of big green gauges will actually enjoy it. We have the different sizes and, and whatnot. So I think that um, it's definitely some, something that unless you 
just completely are opposed to big green gauges, give it a try because we think you'll you'll be surprised. And then you also, I think recently, just maybe just today or yesterday. Yes, uh, yes. News, mm -hmm. news about a new size for the pledge. Yep. This is going to be a limited edition Lonsdale. We came out with a limited edition Lonsdale last year for La Historia. And it did great. We ended up having to uh, cancel uh, a lot of orders, unfortunately, just because, like I said early on, you know, our production has to be focused on on those top sellers. And sometimes with sizes like Lonsdale, it's a it's a niche group that you know really enjoys it. And unfortunately, uh, we have to keep focused on those cigars to you know c compete with the back orders because you know we don't we don't want to keep you know, smokers waiting too long for those lines that they're, that really do, um, you know, super, super well for us. This cigar, uh, what we did was earlier in the year, we did a survey, which we asked the consumers, what do you want from us? And they wanted something smooth, smaller ring gauge, bold. And this is, uh, this is what we came up with. Um, we had been working on these for a while. But in deciding, you know, do we do an Encore uh, Lonsdale? Do we do a, a Pledge Lonsdale? Do we bring back La Historia Lonsdale? And I think that uh, the, the response that we got, that is to, to hear. So we're super excited about it. And, you know, my dad's a, a little bit nervous because he wants this to taste uh, like the prequel. The prequel was is the highest rated uh, cigar of the year ever. So he wants it to taste that way. So he'll smoke and he'll smoke and he'll just because of the size, obviously it's, you know, the different sizes can create a different uh, taste profile. So he's like, okay, it's getting there. It's getting there. Uh, we got to add this and we got to add this, take away a little bit of this. So uh, we're really excited about this and and it's going to ship in September, but uh, we're excited about it now, even though it's it's not out there yet. And I think that, that uh, Lonsdale fans are going to be very happy and non-Lonsdale fans as well, because uh, it's a, it's a great cigar. Wow, that's great. You know, when it when you talk about these releases, you you you've mentioned a lot that you got feedback from the consumers, feedback from the consumers. And that's yes. not a, you don't hear a lot of that in the cigar industry sometimes. Like I'm sure that they do research and you know, some smoking tasting groups and such, but it's like clandestine and but you're very forthcoming saying we did surveys. Like, how do how has marketing kind of changed over the years since you've been involved in the industry? Like, do you like the engagement and the getting the feedback from the consumers? Has that changed any? Has it become easier with social media? Has it become harder? Well, yeah, with uh, with social media, obviously it's, it's a lot more um, helpful because we get information right away. Uh, you don't have to wait for print to see the effect of, of something. Uh, and I actually uh, handle the Instagram account with my daughter. So when someone's responding, it's us. It's mostly me. Uh, so I hear you. That's all I could say. It's I hear you. So um, I know what, what the consumers are out there saying about our cigars. You know, we get DMs that say, uh, I mean, the other day where there was a sad one where uh, someone's uh, father passed away. And he said, you know what? It, you know, in a tribute to my father, I'm going to smoke this cigar. You know, thank you. And that's just so touching for us or someone like this is the best cigar I smoked in my life. Uh, that immediate kind of gratification feels so good is that way we don't have to wait till, 
you know, we go to an event to hear something there, there it's there. It's uh, it, and I remember when I first started with this Instagram, uh, we had someone else who was a, a sales rep for us start in, and I was kind of like, I don't know what this Instagram is, but can you just do it? it you know, it was, it was many, many years ago. And mm-hmm. then uh, slowly but surely I started getting more and more into it. And, and it's just been, it's just been a progression. I do notice that uh, people are enjoying a lot more of video content, uh, you know, live, uh, live content, um, not so thought out, uh, just kind of natural. So those are some of the changes that I've seen. And a lot of the swag, you know, we've really kicked it up with our swag recently because we've noticed that that's a, that's a big um, uh, consumers that, you know, they really like to, to go to an event and, and you know, get some swag. Uh, we even have an online swag store and we, it does much better than we expected. So even in the design of our swag, we're always thinking about the consumer and what, you know, what they might enjoy. So that's something where I've noticed um, has changed over the years. Uh, just and, and just working harder to communicate and engage. You know, we have all of these different options to us available. So there's really no excuse you know, to not to not be engaged uh, on a regular basis with with our customers and with the consumers. Yeah. And, you know, I just think it's interesting that like 10 years ago when I got started in the industry, all you had was print <laughs> like mm-hmm. that was it, basically. And then you started seeing social media come about. I think it was first, you know, Facebook. I think it was even before they had Facebook business pages, but people right. were kind of book. And then they integrated the, the business part of Facebook. And then you start having Instagram. And now you have, you know, TikTok, which is hard. I know, I don't know if you've experimented with TikTok or if your daughter no, has. We haven't. It's we like, haven't oh. because my kids said I brought it up to her, but she says that that's a younger. A younger, uh, a younger population. So we try not to go too much into that realm right yeah. now. Uh, but I do know that there's, you know, people our age or, you know, and, and older and younger. And so it's just exciting overall. Uh, so I, I kind of wonder, you know, where, what's the future going to be? Right. Yeah, so I'm wondering <laughs> what's going to happen next because, you know, we're constantly evolving and then we get bored of stuff and we want to see something new. So what's going to be that next, that next step? And uh, I guess we'll leave it up to the tech groups uh, to figure that out. No, it's funny because like with social media, the next iteration, it seems like it comes out, it's more, a little bit more advanced than the past generation, but it also requires far less of your attention span. Like Facebook, yes. had a lot more of attention span. People would click on the articles and they would read it. Same with Twitter. Mm-hmm. Like, I was thinking earlier today, I built entire websites out of, you know, Twitter in the past, but I could never do that now. Like people don't just, they don't have the attention span. So like, I'm sure like as a marketer, you've had that challenge too. Of how do you deliver the same message that you need to get across in a shorter, <laughs> entertaining yeah. span of time? Like you might only have 15 seconds to get, you know, a minute's worth of stuff. Yes. Yes, we did. We did a video um, that's going to be part of like the email campaign uh, in general and also our our social media campaign. And it's uh, with the Inch Nicaragua and it's 30 seconds. So you can imagine. And it's like my my son edited it and he was just like, this is so fast moving. And he even (laughs) said he was doing, you know, like he's 
he was doing the, um, oh gosh, I forgot what it's called now, but I was kind of making a joke uh, with him. Not the one that goes really slow, ramp, something with ramp. And he kept, and he actually put in more than <laughs> someone of my generation would want. And he was just like, oh, I believe in this. Like, okay, but can we take just one out? Just one out, <laughs> you know, and like, and so it's kind of, or my daughter, she'll say like, why are you, why are you writing all those hashtags? All you have to put is like badass and like, you know, <laughs> whatever. I don't know. I was just like, oh, really? Okay, if you say so. But it works. She got a reel that had like, I don't know, 35,000 views. Wow. Uh, yeah. The, uh, Patricia at the uh, quality control in our, is a, is a star now. So, <laughs> and, you know, my daughter was just like in shock. And then she'll do some now where it's like, you know, 10,000, 15,000 views. And I tell her, you can't always get the, right, the the 30-something. Right. Or if I try to do something for 15 seconds, she'll say, mom, that's not going to work. It's just not going to work. You, got, you need to do that in five seconds, you know, just five seconds. So who knows? I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's going to be part of the future. Just figuring out something that you can do so quickly. I don't know. I know. I thought about it, 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 Yeah, I think we have to think about it, especially with, you know, like cigar and being related to tobacco, you don't have as many platforms that you can market on. You can't, I mean, you know, you still have some print magazines, but I always tell people, you know, print is for a very specific part of the niche. <laughs> you know, not everybody likes to read. Like, I can't think of people, you know, I'm 38. I can't think of people 38 who like run out to a store, like when they say, so-and-so is going right. to be on the cover of GQ. Right. And you're like, right. Oh my God. Oh, this came out. Let's go check it out. Right. You would like run to the store to buy it. And now the first instinct you have is like, okay, let me go run online and see if I can find the article for free. Like that's just, that's just the, the mentality. So, yeah. you know, you have to kind of keep up and cigar companies have to kind of reinvent how they, they market to get it. So I think mm -hmm. companies like you who embrace video early on, because there's still some companies that don't really know how to do or like what to do with the video. Like, you know, is it just them sitting in front of the camera introducing the cigar, but I think you all do like a really good job, you and um, Perdomos especially, because Perdomos turns like an educational thing. And I've seen you all do the same thing where it's like you take your cigar and you kind of use it saying like, this is how you light a cigar. And it's like. Well, yeah, we it. have all the YouTube videos. Yeah, right. that's like a whole like uh, a lot of people might not know about that. But yeah, my dad's on there. I'm on there. David's on there. Uh, so, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff in those YouTube videos. And those are longer, but even with those, I try to, you know, keep it to like, you know, five minutes, seven minutes, but my dad loves mm -hmm. to talk about this and I have to be true to that too. So there's right. some, one of them, I had to break it up, Tobaccos of the World into two two parts um, because of some, some of the things that you're saying, you know, the attention span uh, is is just like that. It's, uh, it's, it's evolving, it's changing. So I think that we try, we're trying our best to cover you know, all of the, all of the different likes out there, you know, maybe something quick here, a little bit longer. So we, we do have all of those options. I'm, I'm glad that you noticed. Thank you. No, definitely. Um, what, what's on your plate now? Like I know PCA is coming up. Are you all, have you all finished whatever you're going to release there? And are you working on the booth? Are you like, what's There's going some surprises. on? There's some surprises. I actually waited. I was going to do this earlier in June, but I waited because I wanted to talk about the Lonsdale and I wanted to talk about the Inch Nicaragua, but there's a couple more surprises. Um, 
there's one where it's going to be, uh, I'm not going to disclose too much, but there is one that's going to be a very, very big consumer uh, contribution. So oh, wow. I'm really looking forward to that. I'm very excited about that one. I'm looking forward to uh, stopping by your booth. I haven't been to PCA in a couple of years now, so uh, I'm looking forward to kind of making a return there. Uh, I'll be there that weekend. So Perfect. I'm going to make an effort to stop by and see what you so all you'll, are. You'll see a couple of the surprises. I'm looking forward to that. Um, usually at this part, part of the show, we kind of, it turns into like a little bit of an advice column to kind of okay. end out the show. So we have some um, general questions that we ask. Um, the first of those questions is, what is your why? Like what motivates you to do what you do? I passion, just passion. And, you know, another question that we usually ask is someone comes to you and they say, Lisette, like I've seen you, your family have all the success. You know, you launched, you went off on your, your own and you launched your own business. I have an idea for a business. It might not be, be with cigar or tobacco related, but what advice do you give that person to get started in launching their own business or product? Don't be scared and make sure you have a plan. In terms of like the plan, like is, I know you, since you're a lawyer background. <laughs> yeah, I don't take too many risks. I know, like, you know, <laughs> I'm sure like uh, making sure like the trademark is done and that, that you can actually. The plan, yeah, well the plan means like you have X amount of money, make sure you put it in the best place possible or get more money. <laughs> you get it? It's like, don't start it. First of all, figure out how much money, right? And then what can you do with that money? And if it's not going to be, if it's not going to work out the way, you could even do this on a piece of paper. I don't, there doesn't have to be like an official business plan. Make sure that you want it bad enough, I guess. Then don't be scared. And then make sure that the funding is there uh, because you don't want to have this great idea. And then halfway through the first year, you're kind of like, oh my gosh, I ran out of money. So maybe start off slower and reach where you want to reach. Uh, but make sure that you have obviously, you know, a plan together for those type of uh, little fires that could happen, like running out of money, <laughs> which I hope doesn't happen to too many people, but it is a true story, right? I mean, yeah, that's very important in, in, in you know, starting a business. What advice do you have for other women that want to get more involved in the cigar industry beyond just being a consumer? Be very, like I said, passion is the story behind everything. So be very sure. Uh, it's it's not like you're going to cross it. At least for me, I can only speak to myself, but I've never had any issues uh, in the industry. I've always been treated with the utmost respect uh, by women and men. So definitely don't be concerned about, oh, I'm a woman. This is more of like a man's world. Uh, just be sure that you want it because... Sometimes, you know, you will be, I guess, considered to uh, considered because it is more of a male dominated industry. You might be considered as maybe not knowing as much or maybe not really liking cigars that much. So it's just like, you know, make it something that where it's real, where you enjoy cigars, where you where you really want to do this for the right reasons, because it's a company um, that you want to be a part of, you know, where you could see a vision or where you feel that um, 
is something that is true to you. And you don't even, you know, for a lot of, for a lot of women, they don't even have to really uh, smoke cigars to, to be part of the industry or even, you know, um, because you can be an accountant, for example, and, and not really be crazy about cigars, but you want to at least be passionate about who you're involving yourself with. Right. So if you're going to be an accountant for a company, you know, be sure that that's something you're passionate about, right? Like you're going to want to know how does the cigar industry work? If, um, if you're going to be a brand ambassador, well, you, you might want to like to smoke, right? And you want to know about the cigar that you're smoking and you want to be open to getting opinions. So it's just about being sure that, you know, it's like a man, right? You go into something, you want to be sure. You want to be sure, hey, I, I like this, you know, or I can be true to this company or I can be true to this industry. So I would say a woman should go in with the same ideas as a, as a man, but with the kind of knowledge that you might be tested a little more. And that's just the reality. You know, how much do you know about cigars? Oh, what are you tasting? Or how long have you been smoking? And that's just the reality. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just the reality of when you're more in, into a, a male dominated uh, industry. So know your stuff. <laughs> final question is uh, being the, the marketer, marketing guru that you are, what's your advice to other marketers out there who are dealing with uh, I would say kind of niche products like cigars. It might not be a product that they can easily just do Facebook or LinkedIn ads for. It's something that's kind of a little bit more difficult. There might be regulations impacting it that kind of hamper where they can market. What's your advice mm -hmm. to those marketers? Just get creative and don't give up. Uh, sometimes, you know, you might notice, for example, uh, a lot of, um, a lot of uh, other, I guess, Instagram, I'll just use that as an example. You might not get that many likes here and there, or you might, don't get frustrated. Just keep trying. Just yeah, innovate, uh, get creative. Don't be scared. I mean, my, my whole thing is don't be scared. There was a time where I was a little bit kind of like, well, you know, noticing I'm doing a lot of the same here and there. I need to change this up, you know, and then you kind of, you could go into like this writer's block almost, right? And say, well, mm -hmm. what do I do now? Like, how do I push myself? And you might have three or four bad days or you might just say like, oh, I don't want to deal with this for two, three days. Just turn it off. Come back, you know, get informed. Um, check out what consumers are asking for. You know, go visit, go visit some stores, listen to them. So I think at the end of the day, it's just listening, you know, open your ears and, and listen. And if you don't know how to do something, then, you know, kind of, uh, if it's tricky because if you're a big company and you have this whole team that can help you figure things out, but if you're smaller, like I said, don't get frustrated. Just listen, come up with different um, tactics to figure out how you can get, you know, from that point A to point Z. And if it's something that you're not used to, if it's something that does, that seems foreign to you, right? Like let's say even a reel, just try it. What's the worst that can happen? You know, just learn and, and try to figure it out. And I think that at the end, if you're passionate about what you're doing, it's going to come out all right. Awesome. How can people keep in touch with EP Korea? What are the, the websites and social media that they need to follow that they can engage with your brand? Well, you have our website there. And then our, I guess our, you know, we have the Instagram, which has over 50,000 followers. Um, so that took me quite a while to grow. And we have Facebook, uh, EP Carrillo, and we have also Twitter, EP Carrillo, and we have uh, YouTube, so there's, you know, whatever platforms you enjoy the most, we're there. Uh, and we're constantly striving to, to keep you engaged and, and entertained. 
Well, speaking of entertained, I was thoroughly entertained by this conversation today. Like I said, I was very excited when I saw the little invite come over that says that you were booked on the show. And um, I just want to thank you for spending the hour um, coming on here, speaking about your experiences in the industry and also EP Carrillo and sharing what's uh, coming up for your brand. Same here. It's been a, a really nice talking to you. And, um, you know, if, if anyone has any questions, reach out. We'll, we'll respond. Awesome. For anybody who's watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, make sure you hit that like button or subscribe button to be notified of any time we have new material that comes out. You can also catch this interview and all 90, whatever they have come before it. This is 95, so all 94 plus this one uh, on deepcutslive.com. So you have uh, 95 hours worth of content that you can watch <laughs> and get caught up on. Um, uh, and if you're listening to this on any of the podcasting platforms like Apple Podcasts or Spotify or iHeartRadio, just make sure you hit that subscribe button and also leave a review because reviews help us to improve what we're trying to do here and will help me improve uh, and make sure that the interviews are of use to you. So I want to thank everybody who watched. I want to thank our guest, Lisette, for coming on. And uh, for those of you, I think we have one show coming up next week. It's, uh, it's the Big Matt Booth episode. So he'll be talking about uh, his recent news of uh, working with STG. So it'll be something that you'll definitely want to listen to and watch. And uh, I'll, and then after that, we're going to, we'll be in Vegas. So I'll be in Vegas at the EP Carrillo booth and other people's booths uh, during that weekend to kind of get some more coverage, on-site coverage. So it'll be the first big uh, traveling experience that I've gone through in a, a couple months. So I'm looking forward to seeing Lisette and others in person uh, in Vegas. So thank you again for everybody who's watching and until next time. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.